You're listening to Two Guys, One Internet, a Dylan Wallace and Sean Harkins podcast. Maybe they're in love. Kobe. I'm going to start smooching like Don Brady and Robert Kraft. All right, here we are, episode seven, two guys, one internet, post-Super Bowl edition. Um, Dylan Wallace joined with Sean Harkins. Sean, tell the people hello. Hello. All right, we're rolling. Um, Sean, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Still kicking. How are you doing? Same. I am uh, living it up in Alpena, as always. I... uh, Polished off a bowl of cottage cheese this evening, and uh, now I'm drinking an Azaka Indian Pale India Pale Ale Indian. I think I saw an Elizabeth Warren thing earlier. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> an IPA from Founders. I haven't. Have you had the Azaka? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not much of an IPA drinker, though. So that's that's, that's right. Shouldn't it, be a surprise. Well, it's it's a it's not as a hoppy tasting IPA. Um, you might enjoy it. I, uh, so first I've tried it I, and I sampled it in a 15 pack. <laughs> so I went, oh, weird. I went, yeah, I went all in and, uh, it's good. It's good. It's a, it's a nice evening beer where you just drink one beer and, and kind of relax into the evening. Yeah. I don't think you want to drink more than a couple. Um, but it's been a, it's been a day in which a beer was needed at the end of one. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah. The. Uh, so what's new? Um, not much. Just you know, same old, keeping busy with work, that type of thing. Uh, watched the Super Bowl, which we're going to talk about later. Um, so let me tell you, uh, what I was doing right before this. Yeah. I was. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking about the Super Bowl, and I was thinking about uh, C.J. Anderson and how he's just like a meatball or whatever. And my, this is kind of random, but my favorite Lions moment, I think, is when uh, Sean Rogers intercepted a tipped pass and ran it back for a touchdown. And here's my memory of that. He celebrates by pretending to aggressively devour a bowl of soup, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> and then they, they cut over to the sideline a minute later and he's sucking down oxygen. <laughs> That's right. I, rem- I just remember, I just remember that whole thing. And I was like, man, I got to see if I can find that. And so I was on YouTube watching Sean Rogers videos before we did this. And, uh, and I found that video, but they didn't show the celebration. And they're playing the Broncos. And at first I was like, Oh, that makes sense that he had oxygen because they're playing at mile high. And no, they were in Detroit, weren't they? They were in Detroit. <laughs> and then and it wasn't like he, it wasn't like he, he, he intercepted it at like the fifth yard line. Wasn't it like a, he spread it like maybe 15 yards. Wasn't it? Uh, it was, it was a pretty decent run. Okay. 
I'm not sure exactly how far, but it was it was a long way for him for sure. Sean Rogers was he have, he had flashes where he was a dominant interior defensive lineman, and yeah. then and then probably about half the time he just appeared to be lazy, uh, right, and just sucked up space. Um, but uh, <laughs> I've thought of Sean Rogers in a while. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, that was kind of random, but I just wanted to let you know that's uh, that's what was taking up my time earlier. The, uh, the other defensive tackle, wasn't that a big daddy, Dan Wilkerson? Wasn't it? Yeah. John Rogers and and big baby and big daddy is what they call them. (laughs) Right. Uh, and they, when I was watching those YouTube clips, um, the, one of the announcers is like, uh, Teddy Lehman throws a block. And I was like, Whoa, Teddy Lehman. Haven't heard that name in a a good while. (laughs) Teddy so, Lehman and Boss Bailey. <laughs> oh, those were some forgettable teams. Dre Bly. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He was like, I think he was their only Pro Bowler for. He was. He was <laughs> for years. He was Darius Slay back in the back in the day. Yeah, yep. like the, the lines haven't gone anywhere. The names have just changed. <laughs> well, and then. I guess if you think about it, my, my favorite Lions memory is Sean Rogers pretending to eat a bowl of soup. Like, that's <laughs> that sucks. It's about right. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh, damn. Yeah, the um, – yeah, I mean, that, that, we'll talk about the Super Bowl later. I got some things to say about that. I actually I gave a presentation this morning at the hospital on Wills and Truss. And I made it Super Bowl themed, so I'll I'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. But um, on the C.J. Anderson note, I, uh, I I started the presentation by saying I'm gonna I was watching the Super Bowl and I decided to be like the Rams and just ditch my game plan that worked for me all year, and now I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna I said I'm just gonna feature C.J. Anderson. So I just had a big PowerPoint slide that was just a big picture of C.J. Anderson. Oh, nice! I like yeah. that. Yeah, it went, it went over better than I thought it was going to. <laughs> I like that you didn't think it was going to go over well, but you went with it anyway. Yeah, I, I, I didn't care. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to have fun with this presentation, even if nobody else is. Nice. The uh, Also, I wanted, yeah, I guess we'll just kind of jump right into quick hitters. The uh, NBA trade deadline's tomorrow. How, how close are you following the NBA? Um, like read a headline if I see it. <laughs> okay. The uh, the Pistons made two moves today, so I, wanted, I mean I want to talk a little bit about that. They 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 traded. Um, well, I think the one trade was last night actually, but they traded Reggie Bullock for uh, uh, over to the Lakers for um, a Ukrainian fella who I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, <laughs> um, but. Uh, and a second round draft pick, which is, I think it's actually a pretty good haul for Reggie. Um, they were saying that you might be able to get a second round draft pick for him. And what they ended up getting was the equivalent of two second round draft picks. Um, the Ukrainian guy was drafted out of the second round by the Lakers this past draft. He's a rookie, but he's a six foot eight guard, um, shoots the ball well from three, right, right around, right around 40%. Um, limited time with the Lakers. He was a, I think he was a, he was a four-year player at Kansas and at least a two-year starter. Um, and uh, we were we were missing uh, the kind of 
white fella quantity on the Pistons bench. We had John Luer and we needed to add a guy. So, I mean, he, he fills that quota back up. Um, it'll be interesting. I think it's a project guy, which Pistons kind of need to focus on what the next couple of years are going to look like. Um, get some of these project players, which leads me to the trade today, which I am a big fan of the, they traded Stanley Johnson to the Bucks for Thon Maker. Um, you know, are you familiar with Thon Maker at all? Uh, well, um, vaguely, I guess. He's he's a tall, lanky kid. Uh, he's seven foot one. Um, he uh, was drafted. I think he was tenth overall in twenty sixteen where Stanley Johnson was eighth overall in 2015. So they're both lottery guys that uh, just need a change of scenery. Yeah. But, but Maker's also, he's a, he's one of those stretch bigs, which is what the NBA has been moving to. He can stretch the floor. He can shoot a three ball. He's athletic. He's tall. He's lanky. Um, I think Dwayne Casey is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, so getting him some, raw talent that he can coach up um, uh, could could be a good real good move for for the Pistons here and get a get a guy like maker in a, in a change of scenery type type role um, so it'll be interesting to see how how it all plays out they're also in talks to possibly acquire Mike Conley um, the point guard at Memphis yeah which uh, go ahead Oh, that's what I was going to bring up is uh, I don't understand that. Oh, adding Mike Conley. If you're kind of going rebuild mode, getting these, you know, raw, young, raw, young talent and draft picks, it doesn't make sense to bring in a, like a veteran star point guard in my eyes, but uh, you're right. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't really understand it. Um, the only thing I like about it is it means no more Reggie Jackson. Um, and we can be done with that era. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of shoot first point guards and Reggie loses focus. It seems, I don't know if you saw the, the clip when Blake Griffin was given a post game interview and he was, they had just won, but it was a lot closer than it should have been. And he was talking about, being disappointed with how they're playing down the stretch and then Reggie Jackson like photo bombs the the interview and is being all goofy and and uh and Blake's just kind of like get the son of a bitch out of here jeez oh, <laughs> and uh it, it, they just they just need a change i think at at the point guard position i mean Blake Griffin's a lot better than i, I ever thought he was now that I've seen him play more regularly, his he's not just a dunker. He's 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 a legit star in this league, and we need to get some better pieces around him. And I mean, they may not be too far from competing if if they added the add the right pieces around him and take advantage of him being here right now. So they might be thinking if we add some key role players and and have Mike Conley going into um, next season we might be in a better position to compete for compete in the playoffs for the, for the East. I mean, they're not going to win anything, but at least try to put butts in seats to make some 
to pay off the investment with Little Caesars Arena. So, yeah, they're in a weird gray area in, in my eyes because you got Drummond and uh, Griffin, who are both. I know you're not a Drummond fan, really, but uh, big names, guys making big money at least. And then, um, but then you're halfway in in tear down rebuild mode. And they don't really they don't really fit together. Yeah, uh, I mean, if a guy like Thon Maker, I mean, if he could live up to his potential, and you could play him alongside Blake, play Thon Maker at the five, it just it it creates a whole lot more space on the floor um, yeah. for Blake to operate um, than uh, than Dre clogging up the lane. Um, and drawing defenders down. So, I mean, it's, right. I mean, it, it gives you some at least optimism for the future. Because Stanley wasn't just getting it done in, 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 as your starting wing. And and he's going to be a better fit in Milwaukee because uh, they need they need a lockdown defensive wing. So, I mean, he's got a chance to play for a contender right now and have and have and carve out a good role for himself. So, I think it's a good move for him, too. Yeah. I remember the uh it might have been his rookie year when they made the playoffs and uh, they're playing against it must have been Miami in the first round and he was calling himself the LeBron stopper. Yeah, I remember that. How'd that go for him? Well, they lost. <laughs> <laughs> and LeBron still got his, so LeBron was never the same after that day. Nope, he was scared of Stanley. He didn't want to play against him. Retired, as I recall. <laughs> he 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 was so scared he went back to Cleveland. All right. And the one championship. <laughs> uh what it you got any quick hitters? Uh well was Thon Thon Maker oh. there was a kid out of uh he was playing I think high school basketball in Canada a few years ago and like really tall lanky I think that's Thon Maker okay and there was like questions about his age yeah I think that's yeah that's that was him okay that's what I thought but I wasn't 100% sure yeah so what is what was the uh verdict there I mean is he like 45 or something he very well could be (laughs) uh I don't think you know with, with I mean with 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 some of those kids that it's and it's sad um but where they where they grew up i mean they i don't know that they know when they were born to be honest um in terms of the state of war activities and and being refugees whether it's the sudan or or anywhere else when you think of a guy like luol dang who grew up fleeing um militants i mean it's last thing they're worried about is how old they are um so i don't really know that anybody really even knows Hmm. is he sudanese i don't know um but if but if memory he is yeah yeah well yeah i mean obviously i'll be rooting for him uh I, I mean, I just kind of looked up his numbers and 
Definitely not super impressive, but it looks uh, he does, he's not playing a ton and probably not getting a, a lot of opportunity. So, well, and he I think it was around mid December he it came out that he told Milwaukee front office that he'd prefer to be traded to to a team that would give him opportunity to play. Um, oh, okay, just because he wanted he wanted he wanted a, a chance to earn some minutes and. That he wasn't get going to get those in Milwaukee. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, which I like that approach better than say the Anthony Davis approach, where you just demand a trade. Because I mean, it just completely ties your team's hands and their ability to try to move you when everybody knows that you want to be gone, <laughs> and then you only want to play for a select few teams, and you're a free agent at the end of the year, so. It, it really, what are you, you're holding your team hostage essentially? Yeah. What's your what's your two guys one internet hot take on this? Where is he going to end up? Um, that's what we do, by the way. Sports hot takes. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, not at all. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, this the 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 safe bet is the Lakers because they're the only team pursuing him, um, and he wants to play there. Except and he'll probably resign there, right? Yeah, and I don't, but I, I don't think that the Lakers have a package that New Orleans wants. I mean, if I was New Orleans, I'd just sit on them. I'd just, I'd just say, you know what, we're, we're not going to get what we want out of you. We're just, we're just going to hold you. But that's tough to do too because you want to get some sort of assets in return for them, right? I don't have a hot take. I'm going to go easy and say he'll end up playing for the, there's going to be a deal done with the Lakers. Yeah. Especially since LeVar Ball started tweeting again and saying stuff. So I'm guessing that LeBron quit paying them hush money to keep them from, from not, not talking. And, uh, and Lonzo's on his way out as part of that deal. I gotcha. Well, get rid of that drama. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm high on Brandon Ingram. You, you, you know, remember Ingram? The Duke guy. Yeah. He, uh, I think, I think he's going to still be, a, I, I think he's going to be a good player in this league. Um, he can shoot. He's lanky. He can dribble. Um, I think, I think that, I mean, if, if New Orleans can, can get a package centered around him, um, and, and some first round draft picks. I mean, you're not going to get Anthony Davis out of, out of it, but it makes it a whole lot more appealing. Yeah. But I mean, you're only, there's only one unibrow. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get another Anthony Davis. Right. So if you get assets, get first round picks, get a, get a guy like Ingram who can, who you know is going to be able to, at least start for you, um, and maybe and maybe be an all star. But yeah, where do you think? Where do you think it was going to end up? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't even guess. But based, based on your high, your high, your headline skimming, uh, I don't know. I that's all you hear about is is the Lakers for the most part. Um, yeah, so I could just guess and call it a hot take. Well, Boston was interested, but 
his dad came out and said, oh, he'll never play for Boston or re-sign with Boston. I don't want him playing there. And I'm thinking, oh, nice. I'm just, you're just taking money away from your kid. I mean, because if you can leverage other teams against against each other, it puts you in the best chance to, to make as much money as possible. And, and, and the NBA is goofy because you have max contracts, and, and so he's only going to be able to make a certain amount of money anyways. But – I don't know. It's weird. Well, he could. So wherever he gets traded, they can offer him the max. Yeah, if they have, if they have, uh, if they have a max contract to offer him. I mean, he couldn't go to the Golden State Warriors and and get a max contract because I think. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's just another part of it. Is you know, quote unquote, demanding a trade. It's like. Um, makes a little bit of sense that the player dictates where because that's the only place they can sign a max deal. Right. But man, NBA money. I was reading that article about Mike Conley and it's like he makes like thirty five million dollars a year. I know, right? It's- oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Well uh, I forget the role player for the Utah Jazz um because he's not memorable. Maybe his name's like Joe Ingles. That's who it is. Oh. He's making like $20 million a year. <laughs> That's such a big leap from uh, like when the Pistons were good. Ben Wallace left and got – I can't remember if it was – he was averaging I think like $12 million a year on that deal he got from Chicago. Or it was like five years, $55 million. And that yeah. was a big – that was a pretty big free agent deal back then. Like – so over the course of 10, 12 years, it's just like triples. <laughs> well, I was, I was talking with somebody who follows the NBA more closely. I'm like, who the hell is Joe Ingles? And he, he's, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a key role player for the Utah Jazz. I'm like, well, <laughs> here, here's what you said. Key role player. Why is why are they paying him like this? Are they, he's going to get the Nick Collison treatment and get his jersey retired. <laughs> <laughs> no, Utah had. Utah had the mailman in Stockton, though. Yeah, he won't. He won't be the first to get his number retired, but he'll, like, Joe well, Ingles. even they have a higher bar than Oklahoma City, apparently. <laughs> oh, well, at least they got talent. <clears throat> Did I tell you that I saw? So John Stockton is from Spokane, and he he played at Gonzaga. Quite, That's right. Uh, yeah, it's Spokane's favorite uh, fact, I guess. And it's like diehard in Alpena. We have John yeah. Stockton. That's a little bit better. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his his family owned a bar here right next to uh, the the school next to Gonzaga. And they don't anymore, but he's just there once in a while. And I I was there. I can't remember if it was after a game or not. And you just look up, and it's just this just regular-looking dude sitting at the bar, and it's John Stockton. It's, it's weird because he's a very unassuming-looking guy. Yeah, I mean, even in the MB- when he played – I mean, you it just it just it looked like you'd just be the guy you walk into at the grocery store. There's there's videos of the Dream Team, um, people just going crazy around the Dream Team, and during the Olympics, and uh, and John Stockton is standing next to the people going crazy because nobody even knows who he is, <laughs> <laughs> but they all know Jordan and Barkley and, and everybody else. And John stayed true. I mean, he he kept those short shorts going as long <laughs> as he could. He wasn't gonna. 
He wasn't going to cave to peer pressure and get the. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. John Stockton and Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. And the mailman and who else? They always had. Uh, Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Ostertag. Oh, oh, that's what I was thinking. Ostertag was a little bit later, but those 90s teams, didn't they have Eaton? Yeah. Adam Eaton. No, that's a pitcher. Mark? Mark Eaton? Mark Eaton. Mark. Yeah, that sounds right. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> we'll go with that. I mean, Utah hasn't changed much. They still try – I don't – They. it seems like they always have a handful of white guys in their starting lineup. Right. Um, probably by, by design, but – I got a fa- I got a friend who's a jazz fan. Maybe we'll have him on sometime. Just ask that him what that's like. <laughs> well, how did you feel when Michael Jordan hit that shot over Byron Russell? <laughs> Great, I'm sure. <laughs> you were this close to winning something with Stockton and Malone, and uh, it ripped away from you. And then Malone went ring chasing, and the Pistons made sure that didn't happen. Yeah. Closed down the federal government, sent the mailman packing. <laughs> yeah, that that Pistons team, the original Trump. <laughs> you know, they had both Malone and Peyton ring chasing on that team. And yeah. He got one with Miami though, didn't he? Was I I think he did. I don't remember. Yeah, he could have. I don't remember. Udonis Aslam did. All comes back to that. It does. Uh, what else you got? Well, I was uh, debating making myself cockass of the week because I got that Flaviar whiskey thing, and it's really cool. Like, they do a really good job with the product, and it made me go back and, like, reexamine everything I said, and I stand by that it's definitely overpriced, like well overpriced. And I went and looked at the website again, and I still think that it's really the way that they do things is kind of shitty. But the whiskey was good, and the packaging was cool and all of that. So um, I tried a, a Breckenridge bourbon, which was okay. really good. Might might have to track down a bottle of that. And then a rye whiskey called Few. Few? Which heard of even and that was actually really good i don't drink many rye, but i might uh, check that out and then i got a scotch and i just categorically don't like scotch i don't know what it is i'm trying like i'm trying to acquire the taste i guess but i just yeah. don't get it did did you <clears throat> not a fan of that scotch then it was i mean it, it was okay i could tell that it was a better scotch than um what the I was gonna say, yeah, Johnny Walker. Uh, it, you know, it was like better than Johnny Walker, but I just it just scotch doesn't really do it for me, I guess. I, I too am not a fan of scotch, um, which sucks because I'm scotch Irish and if, if you feel like the, the need to focus on your heritage. And <laughs> and uh, my cousin, um, went to Scotland with his family and sampled a bunch of a bunch of scotch and brought brought some back to the states and i was visiting him uh down in ann arbor this is probably 
five years ago now. And he's like, hey, come down, come down to my bar. Let's, I'm going to pour you a glass of the, of the scotch from Scotland. And, and, uh, and I was like, well, I don't like scotch, so don't pour a lot. I don't want to waste it. He gave, he gave me the littlest, the littlest little taste. And I was like, perfect. Stop there. <laughs> and, I, and I drank it. And I'm like, okay, that's all I need. Now I could, now I could say I did it. <laughs> Where, where's your beer? <laughs> oh man are you um you familiar with the office yeah there's a scene where the ceo of the company gives michael scott a glass of scotch and he says it's a 25 year scotch a gift from lee iacocca and michael scott takes a sip chokes on it and he goes oh my god do you have any splenda <laughs> So I kind of feel that way sometimes. Like I don't really, I don't really get it. Yeah, and I'm not. Sometimes, sometimes people want to make you feel bad about it. Why? What do you mean you don't, you don't like that? It's good stuff. Be like, I ain't shy about it. I mean, I I know what I like and I don't like that, and I'm not going to waste time <laughs> drinking stuff I don't like. Yeah, right. I got gotcha. you. So the, I feel the, that the uh, you sent me a picture of of the packaging. It does look cool. I got it. Yeah, I gotta say that it, it, they, they do do a nice job with that, and you are yeah, it made me rethink everything. And you are kind of a cocky ass for putting them on blast without. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll the, own uh, up to it. The the first one you said that Brecken Breckenridge whiskey is that what it? Yeah, bourbon. Yep. Like out of out of Colorado. Um. Yeah, I would assume so. Uh, I had the thing in front of me. Yeah, uh, just as product of USA. Okay. I'm gonna say it is. I'm gonna say it's out of Colorado. Good job out there. <laughs> uh, any idea where the the rye whiskey was made? The few. Um, it's American, as I think all, all I can tell just, you. Just stick, yeah, just stick to that. Yeah, and then the Scotch is from Scotland. That's all they really tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they gotta. They want you to go back through them to, to buy the next bottle. They don't want you to be able to find it easily. Yeah, right. That is a big part of it. <laughs> uh, oh, good. What what else you got? Uh, that's all that's new in in my life. Uh, that ain't. That's enough. Whiskey and uh, <laughs> whiskey and work. That's a that's a good balance. Right. Uh. All right. Well, I don't got anything else. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with Super Bowl and get into that. A knock, knock. Who's there? Why, why did Kyle I get his lightsaber? Where? To the dark side. So we are back um, with the Super Bowl segment, which wasn't real super. Uh, I was right, though. New England Patriots won. And uh, I think it was kind of by default. <laughs> I for the, for the longest time, I thought a punter was going to win MVP. Yeah, it looked like Hecker had it, uh, had it in hand. I mean, he had the longest 
punt in Super Bowl history, and and uh, it was looking like a punt passing kick competition. Um, he got the ball a lot more than Gurley. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I still don't get that. And I commented it in, in the introduction how how I in the presentation I said I'm gonna I'm gonna do like the like the Rams and just ditch what's worked for me all year and and just feature C.J. Anderson. You got Todd Gurley who has an MVP caliber year, and you get you give him the ball a handful of times. I just I just don't get it. Well, it I watched a little bit of the. Well, I mean, they were starting to use Anderson more, correct? Like prior to that game. Well, like just in the playoffs. I mean, they they added them late, and and it's. I know Gurley was coming off a knee injury, so they do, they didn't want to they didn't want to um, wear him down, so they wanted to share his carry. Right. Um, but you're in the Super Bowl now, right? And. I don't understand why. So I, I kind of, I guess, get, well, let's go to them early. That's what's been working. But they looked so bad. Nothing was working. I, I mean, Hecker was out there, I think, eight times in a row. And, I mean, at at that point, you got to figure this isn't working. Let's go with, you know, the, one of the best running backs in the world. You would think. Yeah, think you would try to get them double digit carries and try to get them in space and throw the ball to them like you have all year long. But no, we're gonna. Yeah, it, it made for a real boring Super Bowl. I mean, I f- I feel bad for uh, anybody who spent thousands of dollars to go see uh, to go to see the Super Bowl and they ended up seeing a punting competition and then a shirtless Adam Levine at halftime. <laughs> Yeah, it was a turd of a game. No, no question. It it was the worst. Uh, it was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. And I say that with confidence because I can't even really think of another one that was just so uninspiring. It was, it was bad. I mean, it yeah. was. I mean, Courtney doesn't like football. She doesn't watch football. She doesn't know a whole lot about it but she was watching the game the like the second half with me after the kids went to bed and she's like this is bad yeah (laughs) i mean it's it was it wasn't fun to watch um it wasn't because you couldn't even you wouldn't even want to make fun of it and in in the sense of i mean it's just here we are just wasting time watching a stupid stupid game just to see who wins right yeah your time could have been spent elsewhere and then you and then if you're playing squares you better hope you had double threes because that won the third quarter in the final oh okay yeah that's true it was yeah it was just it was bad it was it was a shitty game and yeah Yeah. i mean i gave i gave the that presentation this morning and I opened with um, watching with uh, watching the Super Bowl had me questioning my own mortality. Um, and I had in the background, the games of Thrones, uh, Bud Light commercial where the dragon was blasting the stadium with fire. Yeah. 
because that's kind of how I felt watching that damn game is just end this thing now. Right. So, so I can just go to bed. Yeah. The, I, you, you brought up the three, three thing. It, it was either three, zero or three, three for, I think a, a healthy majority of that game. <laughs> well, and, and, and Gaskowski doing the field goal and, and uh, well, I guess he, he missed it wide. He didn't hit the, hit the, post but it was just and then Zerline missed a field goal as time was as they were trying to make their comeback at the very end they needed two scores being down 10 and he he missed it like 10 yards to the left right Uh, and they they were pumping him up Greg the leg and Legatron and yeah it would it there was, there was, there's not a whole lot to say about the Super Bowl. Otherwise, that other than it was terrible, and Tom Brady won again, and he'll probably win again <laughs> next year, right? He probably yes. left the stadium and immediately put on his pajamas. And ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> um, the I mean, I guess if you're like a big, big fan of defense, maybe. Uh, and I will say. You heard Kyle Van Noy's name a lot, and you heard Sue's name a fair amount. So, pretty decent Super Bowl for the Lions. Well, and Barry Sanders got some action during the Super that's, Bowl too. That's right. That's right. So he he finally was able to tote the rock on on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yeah, many years after being a lion. In. Yeah, that's one of the annoying things about being a, a Lions fan is you see some of these cast-offs um, that could definitely still be Lions. I mean, I don't even remember what they tra- who they traded Van Noy for, but it's not like they needed help at linebacker or, or anything. Yeah, I think they traded him after one season, maybe? Yeah. And he was a second-round pick, if I recall correctly. And, I mean, it's... You just don't trade with the Patriots because you know they're going to take your garbage and turn it into gold, and so just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, the, the best play out of that game was I forget which McCourty twin it was, but when they made that uh, defended that pass uh, to Brandon Cooks in the end zone, where they where he he made up like twenty yards uh, to get to to break that pass up. I mean, it was going to be a touchdown. Oh right, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was an outstanding play during that game, um, and I mean if 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 that was a touchdown completion, that completely changes the complexion of that game, makes it a much better game and more enjoyable to watch because now we've got a higher powered offensive game moving forward. But but uh, that saved the game from the Patriots from that standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, it just it had that feel, especially after that, where it's just like, well, it's just a matter of time before the Patriots score and win this game. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, the Rams did not deserve to win it. They were terrible. No, no and, I, and, I, and I said it last week. I mean, I, leading up to that game, the Rams didn't have not looked good in the playoffs. They, they, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't see it changing a whole lot. Um, I wanted the Rams to win, but Tom Brady, just keep winning. Yeah, I know. It's like taxes and deaths, Sally. 
Yeah. Um, Thanos here's... Brady. What's that? Thanos Brady. Right. <laughs> Collecting uh, damn Infinity Stones. I, I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard it referenced where I heard need, reference enough where I get it. You need to watch it, so we'll, we'll review it, and then we can review it, the uh, end game um, when it comes out in March or whatever. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Van Noy was, was a second-round pick, and he was traded with a seventh-round pick for a sixth-round pick. Jesus Christ! Oh, talk about a crappy return. Uh, now, what, any idea who that sixth round pick was? Probably. Yes, Brad Kaya. Oh, Jesus Christ! That's the quarterback for Miami, right? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, it's a Lions move. <laughs> yeah. Send a linebacker that we drafted in the second round and a seventh round pick to move up around to the sixth round. For quarterback, we know we're probably never going to use. Right. Because, yeah. Well, you don't become the Lions overnight, Dylan. (laughs) It takes crafty moves like that. Years of of frustrating – maneuvers regardless of who's making the calls it's always right. it's always the same it's a long it's a long con all right so i don't want to talk about that game anymore let's talk about some of the peripheral stuff all right commercials what was your favorite commercial um i thought i didn't think there was many good ones there wasn't okay the only two that's and I think I missed a decent amount of them. I was at a party with um, my friends invited me to like a neighborhood kind of Super Bowl party, so there was a lot of people and things going on. But um, the the Stella commercial with the dude, I thought was I just love him, so I thought that was kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, I like uh, the commercial just because of the dude. I mean, right. anything else about that commercial I thought was not very good. I thought they could have they used him better, but with him being there, it kind of made the commercial. Because they, they started it with, uh, what's her name from Sex and the City? Yeah. And thought she was going to order a Cosmo. I was like, if they just cut that all out and gave us like 15 more seconds of the dude, that would have been a better commercial. Right. In my eyes. Uh, but I did kind of laugh at that one. And then I laughed at the Pepsi commercial with Steve Carell. Here's okay. I don't know who Cardi B is. Me neither. That I was introduced to her that night. Is she a singer? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if she was a singer or just like a reality person or, or I don't know. Um, but she does that weird, that makes that weird noise. And Steve Carell tried to impersonate it. <laughs> yeah. I laughed at that, and then, like pretty much the rest of the commercials, I thought were either stupid or forgettable. Yeah, the uh, my favorite was the NFL commercial with with Barry Sanders. Yeah, that that one was good. That was kind of cool. Yeah, the uh, I like I like seeing the the mix of of players over the years, and then kind of um, highlighting some of the some of the plays that they had. 
Yeah, it it all started with Marshawn Lynch knocking that cake over because he probably had the he probably had the munchies. I'm a big Marshawn Marshawn Lynch fan, by the way. He he had this this uh, show that was on Facebook, and I can't even tell you. I can't even remember what what the name of it is, but it's hilarious. It's probably on YouTube. You got you got to look it up if you haven't seen it before. But um, that was my favorite commercial. Um, Bud Light always does a bunch of commercials. I didn't really care for any of them. They had the one with Games of Thrones, right? That I talked about earlier. But they also had the the uh, corn syrup one. I didn't understand that. They're they're they have this whole marketing thing where they're trying to make a big deal of what's in their beer. Like they're putting the the ingredients on the box now, and so they're making a big deal that that they don't use corn syrup in Coors Light and yeah, Coors Light use corn syrup. And here here, bottom line for the majority of people who are drinking Bud Light. They yeah, don't give a shit if they're drinking syrup or not. Exactly, because I I would imagine that they're doing that because they're getting hurt by like the craft craft brews and people who are like into beer. But you're Bud Light, and nobody is going to switch from. Just can't imagine the person they're marketing that toward is someone who's like, God, I love my Coors Light. Corn, there's corn syrup in this. <laughs> right. that person does not exist. I don't think. No, you're not. You're not drinking Bud Light for what's in it. I mean, all those <laughs> all those light beers, the difference in them are is fairly negligible. Yeah. I mean i I don't have a preference of Bud Light or Coors Light or Miller Light. Um, and I'm definitely not going to choose one because of what's how how it's brewed. Probably going to go with however it's priced. I mean, if I'm going to buy a light beer, I'm going to look and say, "All right, this one's on sale. I'm going to buy this one because it doesn't it doesn't matter to me." Right. It's pretty much water, pretty much water, anyways. Right. You drink, and and I'm not. That's not even a slam to me because I kind of drink that type of beer normally because it's like you can drink a couple and feel like you're not like it wasn't a meal right and it just and it like tastes okay it's not super heavy or anything so it's like right. all of that stuff is exactly the same to me and they're harping on the corn syrup i thought it was just really strange it was it was and it was a waste of time all right ha- halftime show yeah I um I wasn't paying super close attention, but uh I already said Maroon Five doesn't do anything for me and Animal Veen. <laughs> I wanna be careful about what I say here because <laughs> um I get it. For for years and years and years, uh, an attractive woman would, would come out on stage and everybody was allowed to be like, Oh my gosh. Uh look at this attractive woman and Adam Levine. I get it. He's like the sexiest man alive or, uh, or he was, or I don't know, but it was just, honestly, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I cringed through it. Like when he took his shirt off, it was like, uh, it's like he, he knows he's uh, a sexy guy and like, Oh, I got to do this like entertaining Super Bowl sexy thing. And it just seemed so like put on and 
weird and cringy to me. And I really dislike Maroon 5 to begin with. So it just was all, uh, uh, I'm going to give it an F minus. <laughs> and I thought I, I, you could see the progression as it was trending, um, where he, the, the amount of clothes he started the performance with. And then uh, he was, he was, he was at a, at a decent pace shedding those clothes like a, like a snake shedding skin. <laughs> just, just rolling out of it and when he got to the, when he got to the point where he was in his his uh i don't, I don't even i'm not a clothes guy like the it was kind of like a tank top i call it a cutoff because it wasn't real thin on top anybody was he was clearly trying to show off the guns and uh, i told courtney i said that, he's gonna be taking his shirt off pretty soon <laughs> and and sure enough there was shirtless adam levine on my screen which i mean i that's fine, I guess. I mean, there's people that like that, and, and that's right. That's yeah, good. I don't want to be like super complaining about it. And, uh, you know, if you like Animal Levine, that's great. It just, it was strange to me, I guess. And the, and the presentation I did this morning, I had a, I had a, um, I used the picture of him shirtless, and it was, a, 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 it was a little piece on the probate court because people think it's expensive to go through probate, and it's not really. I, I said, Probate car won't take the shirt off your back. And there's a picture ahead of Levine. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I was. I could have. I should have watched. I think they used to do the Puppy Bowl during halftime. I could have done that. Or the Celebrity Death Mash used to be a thing. <laughs> right. I could have gone for some of that instead of uh, instead of Maroon Five. Yeah, and even. And they they always do this. They have the artists do their biggest songs, which I guess I I understand. But and then they do the mashup with the guest artists, and they had Big Boy, and you know from Atlanta, which we yeah. talked about, which is which is cool. And they did that song that was like there was a lot of of hits from the early two thousands up on stage, which yeah. I don't know. The halftime show to me is almost is is never really my thing, anyways. So I don't want to just be like a bitter, complaining old man about it. But that's all right. That's kind of what the show. I guess I have been. Too. Yeah, I guess so. But, <laughs> that's just who I am. So but if, you, if if you if they had Outcast as the halftime show, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, think I think how how much it would have been rocking. I yeah. Mean, but oh well. It's yeah. It gave us something to talk about. Yeah. So you you were at a you were actually at a Super Bowl party then. Yeah. So you know what I want to talk about next? <laughs> the food. The food. What was what was that Super Bowl party? Oh, it, it was a uh, pretty standard um, wings, a uh, few different kinds of dip like a buffalo chicken dip that was really good oh that sounds good yeah yeah um pot stickers um meatballs uh like cheese and meat tray veggie tray ah who brought that (laughs) there was ranch though so okay (laughs) <laughs> um and then there was some like dessert things cookies uh that type of stuff so that it was it was a full spread lots of good stuff yeah that was a good 
a good sh- food showing. What what did you hit hard that you regretted? I kind of <laughs> <laughs> well Sunday, of course, you got to work the next day, so I couldn't I couldn't risk the food hangover. But I, I kind of did the thing where I just grazed for like two hours and just ate everything. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah. The uh, was the guy with the pride and joy laminate there. No, no. Uh, I was hoping for a for a story. The uh, <laughs> the uh, um, at my house we had a, a little just family party with the kids and Courtney and I. Courtney was at a a retreat most of the Sunday, so I was in charge with for food prep, and she left me with some ingredients that I had to come up with. So I I baked some chicken legs and some uh, chicken uh, homemade chicken strips and breaded those and. We had broccoli, so we went in the vegetable category, but we also had had ranch dip, so we had to we evened it out, and uh, <laughs> French fries, and so we didn't get into the wings and the and the queso like I would want, but but it was good. We had a bunch yeah. of a bunch of chicken, drank some beer, and it was it was I was I was satisfied. I was happy. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, what was uh, the weirdest moment for you in the Super Bowl? What was your 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 weird takeaway from it? And, you know, it's uh, kind of the game itself, or just the whole experience? So if you don't have one, I can give you an example of what mine was, and it might be yours too. Well, I can probably tell you. Are you talking about the game itself, or just anything? Just anything. It was definitely the halftime show. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably I was probably the only guy who thought it was as weird as, as I thought it was, but uh, not a fan. For me, it was post game when Tom Brady and Robert Kraft locked lips. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what though? The video is. I might have to say the video is inconclusive. <laughs> I don't know what else you're doing. I think. Well, it's like they move toward each other, but you can't. I don't they, know. They smooched, and uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. They definitely smooched. Well, Tom Brady's a mouth kisser. I mean, he kisses everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The right. Uh, and it, this isn't a like a a homophobic thing either, because if it was Martha Ford that he was locking lips with, I'd have the same reaction. It's just weird, and. Uh, I, I think I just have an aversion to kissing anybody on the mouth that's not my wife. <laughs> and I, mean, it, I, I think I sent you the, the video again of, of Tom Brady kissing his kid. Right. And it's not like his kid's like two and wants to say, hey, daddy, give me a kiss. It's the kid's like 12. And, he, right. and Tom Brady's in the middle of a full-on body massage. Kid walks in and says, hey, dad, I was – uh, can I check my fantasy football team? What, what in time? What do I get in return? That's creepy as hell. <laughs> so the kid comes over and gives him a little peck on the lips and goes to leave. And then Tom Brady says, "Is that it? All right, now I'm calling CPS because this, yeah. this this is this is reaching really weird territory." And then. I think- uh, I think he's just trying to normalize it, so he's just kissing everybody on the mouth. No? <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's different. I mean, it's different. I'll say that. 
I also think Tom, Tom Brady doesn't live in the same world that we do, though. No. Like, he, um, you know, he's f- apparently friends with Trump and just like, oh, you root for your friends. Like, yeah. when he said that, I remember kind of thinking, it's like he doesn't even understand why people think that this is a big deal. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, my friend's running for president and like you support your friends. Like, he's just, he's buddies with Trump. He's got multiple supermodels pregnant <laughs> and uh he's like apparently doesn't age part robot wins the super bowl every year has in-home massages and then like smooches his kid for way too long and all those things are just normal in his world uh oh to be tom brady <laughs> i guess i don't know there's the positives but then when you when you gotta put it all into perspective you're like ah my life ain't so bad Right. Uh, but what that what that I think is kind of humorous too is is all like the University of Michigan fans are like they really get behind Tom Brady and they're like, Oh yeah, Michigan product and and uh, really try to own it and and I think that's that's kinda like the whole thing where people say the University of Michigan lives in the past in terms of their past records. And this is the same team that benched him for Drew Henson. <laughs> yeah. Sweep that part under the rug. <laughs> yeah. They played here though. <laughs> yeah, you got you got that one going for you. But yeah, that was my that was my weird takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Next next time after a big win in the court system, go to kiss your boss and see how, how it goes. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna actually joke about that, baby. <laughs> he's got the flu right now, though. So yeah, wait till he's wait till he's healthy. <laughs> you don't want to share bugs. <laughs> uh, anything else Super Bowl related that we haven't touched on? I mean, the game was wasn't really noteworthy, and we already said uh, that sucked. Commercials, yeah, I, commercials weren't real good. Halftime wasn't real good. Yeah, it was just bad, I thought. C.J. Anderson looked good. Yeah. I think I said I like that, that though. I like I like when the big guys get the ball. And, I mean, he's a running back. He's got that – I made the comparison before, but he's got that kind of the Bartolo Colon appeal. <laughs> yeah. Or just kind of like the, hey, I could be out of shape and be a professional athlete. <laughs> Especially, how old is he? He's not as old as Bartolo Colon, so he can't. No, I know, but that excuse. I, he's like late twenties. I don't even know if he's that old. I mean, the shelf life on running backs in the league is real short. Yeah, that's what that's what I was getting at. I mean, he might be like twenty six, which is like a hundred in the NFL, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't got anything else Super Bowl related. No. Uh, you ready to move on to cock ass in a minute? Well, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we'll come back just a minute with our cock asses of the week. Okay, uh, my cock ass this week is Super Bowl related. We were just talking about the Super Bowl. Um, Verizon had these ads that um, – 
we're kind of thanking first responders and, and recognizing uh, what first responders do, the sacrifices they make. And I think they might even have some type of plan that they offer if you're a first responder, some sort of discount, I don't know. Um, do you remember seeing those commercials? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yep. Okay. And uh, I guess maybe it's an age of Trump thing where we can just like pretend things that uh, don't, that make us look not great don't exist. Uh, over the summer, Verizon throttled the uh, data usage of the firefighters fighting the uh, Mendocino complex fire in California and caught quite a bit of hell for it. And rightfully so. And I just thought, wow, that is really bold to do something so obviously shitty and profit driven and then come out and say, gosh, like, thanks for all you do, you guys. Like, maybe you should have done that last summer. And then as a broader proposition, you're paying millions upon millions of dollars to just say, look at how much we care about these people. I think you should spend those millions and millions of dollars on actually helping people. And that's part of just a broader thing that I get really frustrated with this like corporate well, uh, well-wishing or whatever you want to call it, where it's like, they're really just patting themselves on the back. Like Budweiser, I, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before or when it was, for the flooding, they packaged up all of those cans of water and, and sent them down. And it's like, that's great. Like, uh, good for you for doing that. And then spent like 30 times more the cost of doing that, advertising the fact that they did that. Right. So that type of thing uh, just always rubs me the wrong way. And to do it so blatantly the way that Verizon did when they just did the opposite of what they're, they're pimping themselves uh, on, uh, huge cock ass move. Screw Verizon, cock asses. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's completely self-serving without really helping anybody else. I mean, that, that advertisement doesn't, doesn't help first responders in any way. I mean, the, you give them a thank you. What the guys are sitting at home are saying, oh, sweet, it's a shout out to me. Thanks. No, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything. I mean, I, I, I look at the alternative, like, uh, you know, the, the company Patagonia, uh yeah the uh well the the owner of that company has i mean not not in any real visible way but he's he's stated that the monies that his company is going to save by virtue of the trump tax cuts he's going to turn around and donate to i forget where where, where he's donating those to um but i think it might be the natural parks the the, the federal parks that it got got funding cut by trump so i mean oh, okay so rather than than uh pumping himself up he's just t- turn around taking those monies and then donating them back to to a cause that he believes in which you look at like verizon take that money for the super bowl com- uh super bowl commercial and put it put put it where it's going to make some impact right but or build the wall i mean that helps <laughs> Or that. There's always that. Not sure what to do with your money? Cool. Oh, yeah. Everybody who spent money on a Super Bowl com- commercial could have just donated that money to Trump and he could have built that damn wall. 
That's true. That was anti-American that they put the money towards something other than that. They must hate America. You heard it here first. Dylan Wallace. <laughs> yeah, Verizon's a cocky ass for that. <laughs> what, who's yours? Uh, mine is a little bit different take on the cocky ass segment, and it's, uh, it is just something that's pissing me off right now. Uh, my cocky ass of the week is Old Man Winter. It's a huge cocky ass. <laughs> so we had another snow day today. And it is snow day seven of the last eight. It's looking like we're going to have a snow day tomorrow. So it's going to be eight of the last nine. And it's hmm. just shitty winter weather that you can't do anything with. It's too cold to go outside when we had, when it was polar vortex related. Um, and now it's freezing rain ice that you can't play in and you can't drive in it's just annoying i'm over it uh my ma yesterday slipped and dislocated her shoulder oh my gosh really yeah yeah so chelsea met her up at the er and then uh and then i i went up there um after drop they had boys had school yesterday but after i took the boys home i went up there and got her back home and stuff but cheat they get we're able to manipulate it back in place but i'm just Oof. i'm just i'm just done with winter and the shitty thing is it's only february 6th <laughs> so we got at least a month and a half left of it last year our biggest snowstorm happened in april so the foreseeable future is going to be full of this cocky ass old man winter and uh i'm uh i'm done i'm spent Oh, that sounds horrible. Oh, especially for your mom. Is she just uh, just resting? Is going to be sore for a little bit? Yeah, she uh, they had to give her some heavy pain medications to manipulate back in. She was in a lot of pain before it got put back in. Um, oh, but uh, she's gonna she's got she's in a shoulder stabilizer for seven days. She's got to see an orthopedist and then and then. Uh, um go from there but yeah just sore and i mean the only person to blame is old man winter yeah yeah that's no fun and that's to me that's the worst stuff the snow i i don't miss (laughs) getting dumped on like that um but the the slick stuff the ice that you just can't get away from that's when the roads get scary and and i I mean, I don't really have a problem with the snow. I mean, because kids like to play in it. I like to play in it with the kids. I mean, you when it's, I mean, anywhere from like 10 degrees is snow. I'm good with. Let's, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. But when you're getting like negative 10 degrees in snow, you can't do yeah. anything. You can't do anything yeah. outside. You're stuck inside. Um, when you have. 30 degrees and rain you can't do anything with that either i mean it's it's just it's been a shitty two weeks and i'm spent and i'm done with it so let's quicker we can get to spring the better but we we had a brief reprieve over the weekend because it went from negative 20 negative 30 degrees to 50 degrees on sunday 
which that was great. Everything just melted and then froze because it got down to seven degrees that night going into Monday. Oh, oh yeah. That makes it real nasty then. Yeah. It's been, it's been shitty. So old man winter cocky ass. <laughs> um, and I didn't think that I'd be calling a season a cocky ass. I, I, uh, I'm doing it. Yeah. New things. We're experiencing new things. <laughs> How many snow days uh, the kids have to make up? Or when uh, do they have to start making them up? Well, they're permitted six. They're at 11 right now. So technically, they're supposed to make up five. Okay. Um, they can get, uh, they can apply for an exception for three. I want to say that with the polar vortex stuff, we have the state of emergency. I think they're going to just automatically extend like say those don't count against your your snow day um your permitted uh snow days um so i think that's going to trim it up a little bit but i mean i'm at the point right now is that hey let's cancel spring break go to school through through spring break i'd rather do that than than extend it deeper into june are they talking about doing that i don't think so i think people are teachers would probably throw a fit that they they got plans wow. for that week. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of families probably. A lot plans. of families got plans for that week. So, oh man, that's crazy. I remember, I remember those days trying to figure out exactly like how many days you'd have to make up and how many you could get away with. <laughs> well, one of the things that like we experienced that like my kids don't experience is, I remember, like the morning, of waiting, listening to the radio or watching the TV to see yeah. if school was canceled or not. Now you just get a, a phone call or parent sees it on Facebook and it's, it's not as, it's not, not that anticipation of uh, where the hell's Alpina? They just, they said Alcona and Atlanta and Hillman. What the hell? And are, do they, is it still the morning of, or do you find out the night before? Um, with a lot of these ones, we found out the night before just cause they knew how cold it was going to be the next day. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the one this morning was, we found out at like five in the morning or something like that. This is sad, but I can't think of anything as an adult that makes me as happy as you would be as a kid listening to the radio and be, and hearing that Alpino was closed. I know it's, it's, uh... <laughs> that was, I think the best feeling in the world, maybe. Well, and especially like if you had something like a test or something that was due that day and yeah, you're, and you're like, I'm not going to do it because we're going to have a snow day. <laughs> and, then, and, then you, and then you don't do it. And then you're sitting, you're like, oh, you better, you better say Alpina. If, if this, if, if we have school today, I'm, I'm I don't know what I'm going to do. And then, and then they come through and say, Alpina's closed. You're like, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> well, did it ever happen where it wasn't closed though? I don't think so. I don't know if I ever chanced it. You always guessed it, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, if, it, it was one of those where I, there was the one teacher at a, at the high school where if, if he if he said that there was going to be a snow day you, you could just bank on it and yeah, he was he was like batting a thousand. Um, so if he said if he if he said it was going to be a snow day, I was like, I'm not doing whatever I got to do for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anything else, cockassery? Uh, no, man. I just, I hope it uh, warms up out there for you guys. 
thank you. I hope it does too. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, we're probably gonna have a snow day tomorrow. It's we're supposed to, we got a freezing rain advisory, so we'll just get me through this week and let's start next week over and and uh, hopefully hopefully we can get a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah, my my parents are in California for two weeks, so they picked a good time to do it. It sounds like, and they did. They picked the absolutely <laughs> right time to do it. Get the hell out of here! All right, let's uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and wrap it up. Knock, knock. Who's there? What way does this lady like his toast? How does he like his toast? On the dark side. <laughs> Let's wrap up episode seven. Um, have fun chatting about the terrible Super Bowl and all the terrible peripheral stuff that happened with the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, looking forward to next week. Sean, what do you want to talk about next week? I was thinking uh, in the next two weeks or so, we will probably do some uh, discussion on the NHL trade deadline, which is coming up. Uh, And then we're also going to review a stupid Dolph Lundgren movie called Blackjack, hopefully with Butler. Uh, Yeah, I'll get, I'll, uh, I'll tell you what to do. I'll I'll reach out to Ben, see which, uh, which week works best for him. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll talk blackjack, whatever week that is, and then we'll hit the NHL trade line trade deadline on the other week. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, if there's something to talk about we'll, uh, with the Red Wings, we'll talk about it. But uh, just and to just pique everybody's interest, blackjack is a movie, an action movie starring Dolph Lundgren, in which he is somehow allergic to the color white, and a key at a key moment in the film, they're in a milk factory. <laughs> And we've never seen it. You and I have never seen it, but Butler has, and he's a big no, fan of it. So. Yeah, and, and also, just so people know, we plan on watching it before the podcast, so we're not going to go into it blind. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this movie. Um, I didn't know that being allergic to a, a, a color was even a thing. So I, so I hope that the movie goes into some of the science behind it. Oh, you know it well. A '90s action movie with Dolph Lundgren. You know it's going to be really scientifically accurate. I hope he like sees a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist is uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, and then <laughs> and, and there's <laughs> and they get into a fight. I'm not afraid of the color white. And then he shows him a sheet of paper, and he runs away. <laughs> That's the ultimate defense against this blackjack guy. <laughs> Uh, what a goofy ass movie. Um, it'll be fun though. Yeah. And, uh, um, also on the NHL trade deadline stuff, Nick Constantinica, I can't say his last name. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. The, he was with Red the Wing. Press, but he's with, I don't know. If he's with I think he's with NHL.com now. Oh, okay. Um, he, uh, he had an article today with an interview with Ken Holland. Um, if you haven't read that, Take a take a look at it. It's some good stuff in it. Um, oh, okay. With uh, with Ken Holland's take going into the trade deadline and stuff, with what he wants to do with some of the young guys, so we can talk about that a little bit too. Um, okay. Because I get, I think it's got some good insight. 
but uh, which what which might be Ken Holland's last trade deadline with the Wings. Yeah, that's true. Stevie Y coming home. Well, and especially if you're well, what are you going to do if Seattle adds a team? What do you mean? You going to start rooting for them? Um. I, I would may I would consider uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, well, I don't know if I'll even be out here, but um, I'd probably take take them on as a second team. But that'd still obviously be ripped. Yeah, because the the rumors are that if, if uh, the expansion team and I don't know if it's locked up yet or not, but the expansion team goes to Seattle, that that Kenny wants that wants that gig as as GM out there. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about that, and uh, it might make sense. Uh, there, it is happening. Um, I think in two years. I can't remember. Two years, okay, but yeah, that's what that's what all the talk is. Um, but I think he uh, he has another year on his contract. Yeah, so. I think the plan is for him to do that last year and then transitions. Well, I don't know if it's the plan. That's the rumor is that the plan is then transition Steve Y during that during that last year, which I think is when his contract with the Lightning is technically up too, and then uh, and then they'll Steve Y will be the GM here, and Kenny will move to Seattle. Yeah, I can live with that. If you're looking for a roommate and still out there, you might you might be. You might find one in Kenny Holland. Yeah. He can I, I think he can pay my rent. <laughs> uh you got anything else for episode seven? Uh no. Uh, me neither. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Two Guys, One Internet. Later.